We become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit, if she wished, mine. It's with the ancestors. I'm yeah, I'm drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all fucking boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all fucking boring. Hello, best supporting listeners. This is Colin. Uh, we have a, well, I have a very special episode for you this week because Nick is, uh, as you may or may not know, is Pittsburgh's preeminent Carmen. He is uh, putting Renee Fleming out of business. He is in an opera uh, and at this point maybe wrapping things up, but has been uh, incredibly busy with that. And we just, we needed to put aside Best Supporting Podcast for a week and give him a chance to, you know, uh, get all those arias out uh, without worrying about, you know, what Oscar-nominated actress needs to be queened out about on a podcast this week. Luckily, luckily I've got something for you. I've got Oscar-nominated actresses being queened out on by the two of us. This is, uh, some of you, I, I feel like a small population of you may have already heard this episode four years ago. But I had a podcast in the details, uh, which is really, I think... Uh, in in some ways, best supporting podcast is is sort of the you know the next generation of in the details. It's really all the same idea of just queening out on acting choices. And who knows, I might do in the details again. I kind of miss it, um, but I just you know I may not be in any operas. But I'm a little busy these days too. And it's you know a solo podcast. It's a lot of work recording this opening by myself. I'm flop sweating. So I don't know if I've got a whole other podcast in me. Anyway, the point being that back in the back in the early days of In the Details, because there are, if you do want more of me blathering into a microphone, with occasionally some really fabulous guests, including Nick three times, uh, if you want more of that, In the Details has about 60 episodes just, you know, waiting for that push play button to get a push in. Um, but this was episode 10, which we recorded on September 10th. 2018, uh, way, way before Best Supporting Podcast, uh, way before we even considered the idea of doing a podcast together, we had recorded before this, which we talk about in this episode, uh, an episode of Nick's old podcast, The No Good, Very Bad Gay podcast, where we talked about the Poseidon adventure. And and these episodes, that one, the one that you're about to hear now, and the, the other two episodes Nick, Nick joined me for on In the Details, these are really like the the pilot episodes of Best Supporting Podcast. I mean, this is like the Miss Bliss years of Saved by the Bell. And I got to tell you, I just re-listened to the episode just to make sure, you know, we didn't say anything stupid because it was 2018 and we didn't know any better. Um, and I don't I mean, no stupider than, than I usually sound, so I just left it all in. But, uh, you know, we we were made to queen out on, on actresses together, and I think this episode is a great example of that. Uh, Nick joined me to talk about notes on a scandal, which, of course, we've talked about, uh, I'm sure, in a number of different ways on Best Supporting Podcast. I know we did when we did our Dream Girls episode way back in the day because, of course, Kate Blanchett 
I keep pronouncing it Kate Blanchett in this episode, but now in this post-Tar world, I feel like it's Kate Blanchett. You know, like Lydia Tar is played by Kate Blanchett and like Elizabeth from like the late 90s and the early 2000s was played by Kate Blanchett. You know what I'm saying? Like it's different. Um, but anyway, Kate Kate B uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress and and did not win and was beat out, of course, by Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls. And Judy Dench was nominated for Best... Uh, you know, honestly, we talk about all this in the episode. I don't know why I'm talking about it right now. You're going to hear all of this. What I'm trying to say is that in lieu... Who's Lou? In lieu of uh, a, a, an original new Best Supporting Podcast episode, I am releasing this from the archives. Though it's not really the archives, because you could go back and listen to the details whenever you want, as I just said. Uh, but re-releasing this for anyone who missed the In the Details days um, uh, to really hear one of these pilot episodes of, of Nick and I doing what we've been doing on this podcast for the past few years. So uh, enjoy a lesser sound quality than I usually bring, I think, to the table these days. And probably some opinions that have changed. I think I think we we grew to appreciate Olympia Dukakis and Moonstruck a lot more than we we did during a brief discussion this episode. Um, but anyway, that's all neither hither nor thither. The point being, here is Nick and I talking about Notes on a Scandal on an old episode of In the Details. And for any of our Best Supporting Patreons, we will not have a Best Supporting After Show this week. Uh, we will be back next week with a fresh new episode. It's going to be great. We already know what we're going to talk about. It's going to be really cool. But anyway, I'm going to get into my pre-only Stoda Tricell, and I'm going to get the hell out of here. So uh, see you next week or in a few minutes on this whole episode. Okay, goodbye. He really got me. You know, I think it's because he was gay. Got the nuances more. Get me a gay, Mickey. Gotta get a gay. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of In the Details, a celebration of nuance where each week I queen out on all of the acting choices, micro moments, and magic in the minutiae that make a scene great. My name is Colin Drucker, your name is something with a B in it, and today we are, of course, going to be queening out, as you know from the title of this episode, on Notes on a Scandal. But of course, we're not alone this week. We have In the Details' first official guest, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to In the Details, Nick Kachanov. Hello, hello, hello. Well, hello. <laughs> I am. I am so excited to. I, I. This is such a. This has been nine episodes of just me alone, sweating because it's the summer and I can't put the fan yeah. on. Um, and now I have a guest, and it's a little bit cooler. Everything's turning around. Episode ten. Yeah, it's always best with a with another buddy to to bounce your ideas off of and thoughts. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so honored to be your first guest. Uh, I've listened to every episode of In the Details. I think it's such a great idea, and um, all your episodes have been great. And I just recently, we were talking off the mic, uh, The Cherishing Valerie particularly have been... It's such a great series, and I love how you set it up and and we were talking before too like how much work goes into that too but i like that you talked about season one and then uh you, you didn't just blow through it in one episode too i like that there was some time dedicated to valerie because she needs to be heard and we need to hear it <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah i you know thank you that that means a lot i um yeah. 
obviously love the comeback, and I think that uh, I think the comeback really does sum up like it is the quintessential example of like of what I'm why I have a podcast called In the Details. Like yeah. why I want to do this is because of like what the comeback is doing, and yeah, um, and I yeah. So it took. I mean, honestly, I I was finishing like the third part, and I was like. I could probably do a little, a few more parts of this, but I, oh, I'm going to take a yeah. break. I'm going to go back to it and do season two because, like, that's a yeah. whole other comeback, right? Oh, it definitely is. Uh, I, I've only seen it all the way through once. I, I don't own it. Um, I need to get on that, though, but I, I do love the comeback. And uh, just hearing, you know, kind of you revisit it, too, it made me want to go back and I don't know where I'd purchase it. So maybe get it on iTunes or something like that. I don't know. Amazon yeah. gift card for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, uh, Keon, if you're listening, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I have some like HBO Go login that I've inherited from like oh, a friend nice. of a friend of a friend. That's so good. I'll hook you up off the air. All um, right, perfect. That's how I do it. Yes, um, yes, yes. So, so, so let's let's dive. Actually, no. Before we dive in, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to dive in prematurely till we've warmed up. Let's let our in the details listeners know. Um, what where do you come from what's your story because you are of course uh not just some schlub on the streets you're another pro podcaster (laughs) that's right uh so for those of you don't know i'm sure there's a lot of crossover squirrel friends and marys listening to this podcast as well but i uh along with my uh best squirrel friend amanda kaczynski have a uh yet another rupaul's drag race recap podcast that uh, we've been doing for about Gosh, like two and a half years now at this point. I guess it's uh, it's a little blurry, yeah. but uh, we've been doing that, and that's how we met Col- you, Colin, and uh, obviously your co-host Johnny. Um, and we've only met in person once, but it was magic. Yeah. We had a, a, a beautiful lunch at DragCon. Was it just last it, year? It was. It was last September. It seems like it was two years ago, but it, I guess it's it seems so far. And uh, yeah. It was a lovely outing, and we had drinks and laughs, and uh, really hit it off. And um, and since then, yeah, I, I I have since developed another podcast called the No Good, Very Bad Gay, in which I basically go through a catalog of classic queer touchstone movies that I have not seen that everyone like reads me to filth for not seeing. And Colin was, uh, it's actually one of my favorite episodes that you were on, Colin, the oh. the, uh, the Poseidon Adventure episode, which I had not seen. That I admittedly was like, okay, I guess we'll do this movie. And then I would say, we got so much out of it and we had such a great time doing that. Yeah. 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 That was, I love doing that. Cause I mean, that movie is, uh, you know, has been a part of my life for the last, you know, 23 years, basically. Since I think I saw it when I was 10 for the first time. And it yeah. like, and I, and I felt like there were things, yeah, we had unearthed that episode that I had never even thought about. I was like, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Like, so it was, it was, it was really rewarding um so of course i know that uh very bad gay is she's uh she's she's putting on a new face right now what's going on with the very bad gay podcast can we talk about it absolutely absolutely um so i i think like you know when you create something on your own too especially like a podcast and especially when you're going solo um part of it is like getting the nerve to do it and setting it up and getting all the the details, quote unquote, um, all lined up to make sure that it's a product that you're proud of and, you know, and it's going to evolve too. But I, I think one of my biggest, I don't say biggest mistakes, that sounds dramatic, but um, I wanted to just get it out there because like, that's the first step. And I didn't kind of, I didn't really can a lot of episodes when I went into it. I, I literally just had that episode that week. So I was flying by the seat of my pants pretty much every week to find a guest 
and watch a movie. And, you know, with the other podcasts that I have that also, you know, I have to watch Drag Race every week um, in addition to my my work and social life and everything else that kind of got in the way. I was falling. I kept falling behind and I wasn't getting ahead and it was stressful for me. Um, so I decided to take a little bit of a hiatus, a hiatus for, I mean, at this point, it's been more than a month to just get more episodes under my belts, which I've been doing. Um, that way I could go in and have less stress, I guess, too. And, and like you said, too, like it's, I, I think at this point, there is some stuff that I think really works for the podcast and stuff that I kind of want to tweak a little bit and make it more of my own, um, because it's 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 one of like the joys and also like um like stresses of creating something on your own you overthink or tend to overthink some stuff um but it's been great and I can't wait to come back I have uh, at least four episodes recorded already and a couple more to do and it should be back I don't want to say a specific date but it should be back soon cuz there's really no rush yeah when you're ready yeah yeah when yeah. I'm ready I think it's yeah. it's so early anyway so um yeah, it's yeah I mean, I think like it's I can certainly agree that that doing two podcasts, doing one that's just, you know, a, a one man operation uh, is. Yeah, it's a ton of work. And also it's like I, I saw this happen a lot to people on YouTube where like YouTube kind of it, it created this expectation of having a new video from content creators every single day. And it was just burning people out left, right and center because they were just trying to pump out content and it just wasn't sustainable. But it was like the the snake started to eat its own tail and so i think that's actually i believe that that trend has shifted away and now there's this interesting trend on youtube where before it was always about like having you know don't have your videos be more than like five minutes no one's going to watch the whole thing whatever and now people who are really into the platform they're looking for the 20 minute videos they're looking for the longer content yeah to me that the occasional 20 minute video that you got to put time and energy Mm -hmm. into is better content for the audience and a better experience for the creator. Yeah. And so it's like, if you can't put out an episode every week or you don't know when you're ready to come back, it's like, well, come back when it feels really good so that you want to keep doing it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And not stressing out about it, but it's, it's just kind of finding my footing with it as I'm sure in the details, you know, like we talked a little bit off the mic about uh, just seeing what works, what doesn't and, and enjoying yourself and not uh, thinking too hard. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's tough. Easier said yeah. than done. Yeah, totally, um, totally. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, so speaking of podcasting and talking about things on a podcast, maybe we should jump into talking about uh, Notes on a Scandal. Oh, please, which, please. Uh, which was your – I was so happy about this. This was your choice. This yes. was your pick. Um, yeah. And so just to quickly, before we – I I want to get some POV from you on Notes on a Scandal, yeah. but just so people who might not be aware, um, who aren't up on – the filmographies of Judy Dench and Kate uh. Blanchett. Uh, Notes on a Scandal is a 2006 movie starring, of course, Judy Dench and Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's a it's a twisted little tale. Like it's such a it is. It's it's not really like a plot. It's so much as like a things start to happen. You know, yeah. oh yeah. It's yes. like people's people's fucked up lives start to intersect. And when uh, Kate Blanchett's character Sheba is an art teacher at this school, and then she meets this. Uh, seemingly lovely and quiet uh, fellow teacher Barbara, played by Judy Dench, mm-hmm. and they begin to develop a friendship. And then, of course, uh, Sheba 
develop some feelings for somebody else at the school. Uh, spoiler alert, she starts having a little bit of an affair with one of the students. Yes. And uh, Barbara catches her. And that, of course, I think is really when, because I think if that didn't happen, I think that Sheba could have probably eventually bypassed Barbara and maybe yep. like oh, yeah. create a distance. But when she now has this bit of information on her, it's like she even says, like, I suddenly realized, like, I had, I could have everything by doing nothing. Oh by yeah, those lines. Promising not to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, it all goes a bit pear shaped. And so, absolutely. Uh, tell me about what 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 does what do you love about Notes on a Scandal? What made you choose that as this episode? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how much time do we have, Colin? Um, as much as so, you want. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So I was I was really trying to think um, as as many. Uh, because a lot of my, my other podcast is based on this too. It's a very similar question that I ask ask my guests. Like, when was the first time you saw this movie? What did it mean to you? I don't know how I discovered this movie. I own this movie, and I don't know if it was just like my love for both of these actresses because they're like at the top of their game in this movie. Like, if you ever want, I I think number one to answer your question is just the performances alone between these two like extraordinary women. Um, they were both nominated for Oscars that year. Um, Judy Dench in the, in the, uh, uh, best actress category. She unfortunately lost to Helen Mirren for the queen, which is tough, Ugh. but understandable. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's like when you look back at that, um, and it, it, I don't know how well it did, um, you know, commercially, like, I, I don't know if it was a buzzed about movie or if it was not one of those movies that just kind of, cause it's not necessarily, I wouldn't say like an independent movie, maybe to an extent, but it doesn't really have that vibe. Yeah. But it mm-hmm. is one of those movies that, um, I guess sort of fell under the radar. I'm not sure. And Kate Blanchett was nominated in the best supporting, uh, category, but she unfortunately lost to Jennifer Hudson for dream girls which is also yeah. tough, but um, they could have easily, maybe in another year, uh, one swept this, these categories, uh, at least in my opinion. So that is that is number one. That is just the performances alone. Um, I, I remember when I talked, uh, discovered this movie. Like it is, it is like when I find another person who likes this movie as much as I do and can queen out. It's just. Uh, I say this in my other podcasts. It's just like you know, those are the, the kind of people you want in your life. When you find someone that have that has that kind of similar taste, I guess, and that can appreciate what you love. Right, right. It's like that sense of like they get something that you get that is oh, like yeah. it's like okay, good, you get it. You're seeing things the way I'm seeing things. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I don't know what you call that. It's just. Um, I, I haven't really quite put words or like uh, put a title to that, but um, it's just, yeah, it's just people, you gravitate towards those people. And uh, and so the the story goes, uh, my co-host on my Drag Race podcast, Amanda, always made fun of me because we did a contract. This is how I met Amanda doing the Music Man in Florida and my other, our other friend, Jake, we would basically get stoned and talk about notes on the scandal, Jake <laughs> and I, and Amanda would roll her eyes cause she had not seen it and she would just get so annoyed with us. But, uh, that's what we did. And we would just like go in, in the details really. Right. Uh, and just, and, and Jake is straight too, which makes me laugh cause he, he loves it just as, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, there are of course queer themes in this movie, um, but I think the performances alone, I'm, I'm probably going to go back to that like several times because it is a tour de force, but, but with both of them and especially Judy Dench, my God, like this, 
should have been her Oscar, I think. Among other performances, it's it's crazy to think that she won for Shakespeare in Love. Right, for like the, the four and a half minutes that she was in Shakespeare in Love, yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like that's like, uh, there's a whole handful of Best Supporting Actresses that have won for the wrong role. You know, I can't think of, I think often think of like Olympia Dukakis mm-hmm. and Moonstruck. Like, I, th- I think she was fine in that movie and... Um, even the male category too, Christopher Plummer for the beginners. Right. Um, other people can argue that, of course, that maybe I. But I watched it and I was like, okay, yeah, he was great. And uh, but it was also like a, a lifetime achievement Oscar in a sense too. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, but this movie, uh, it's it's just um, every time I watch it, I, I you find different things and 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 I mean I have a whole category in my notes for for face journeys. Wonderful. Yeah, hashtag face journey. It's but it really is. Um, and I I have the DVD, so I watched the special features uh, yesterday too. I have yet to watch it with commentary. I, I I keep forgetting to do that, and I'm gonna save that for like a rainy day. But um, mm-hmm. it's just so beautifully constructed, and the way that it's directed, and I I have not read the book. Um, that's also on my list as well too, but, uh, yeah, I haven't either. I think the, the book by, mm-hmm. I think it's a uh, Zoe Heller. Um, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Who knows? But I think the whole book is like, it's all just, uh, her journal entries. Like it's actual notes. Like it's oh, like a, love it. you know, epistolary, I guess they would say, or just a, yeah. I don't need to use buzzwords. It's just her journal, but watching it and kind of like a lot of, uh, Barbara's narration and just like her, you know, just beautiful and shady as fuck way of describing things i was like oh if the book is like this i'd love a whole book of this of this kind of way of speaking and if there's an audio version can judy dench do it you know (laughs) i know exactly i would love it that is part of like oh my gosh like the narration she has every once in a while like just like when she goes to lunch and she's like lasagna tends to disagree with my bowels yeah i'll ask for a small portion that's one of my favorite lines in the movie and it's like yeah i love it so much yeah and just the way that she starts she's like the start of a new term um there's just like or the first day of a new term excuse me i want to get it right right there's something about judy dench that is like she always has like a uh like a gleam in her eye a little bit of uh a warmth to her too so that it's it's perfect casting because she is so vicious but you still feel for her and you understand her to an extent but she is yeah very uh attached is like an understatement uh with how she approaches relationships and friendships and everything in between yeah that's a good point about Judy Dench, and I, I had the kind of a similar thought about her while watching this um I watched it last night and then I got watched it again this morning and you know, Judy Dench is the kind of actress where, I mean, she's, it's like, she's she's basically like a Snatch Game character in that, like, she has a very distinct style. Yeah. She has a very distinct voice. I think it's like, um, you know, Tom Hanks is the same yeah. way in terms of, like, you, you kind of see him in every role. Yeah. And you kind of always see Judy Dench, and there is there is that, that sort of gravelly, chilly uh-huh. kind of uh, way that she speaks, and there yeah. is that kind of, like, you know, it's not necessarily a monotone, but it's all in the nuances of how she says things. She doesn't like raise her voice very often, you know. And I noticed it was like it was a more mundane scene, but it was the when the other teacher Brian comes to her apartment to talk about Sheba. Oh, I love that scene. And that's where I was like watching because we were seeing a different version of Barbara yep. than like all of the other versions we'd seen with the students, or you know, when she's just alone, or when she's with Sheba. We were seeing her play a different character, mm-hmm. and that's where I was like, 
fuck, Judy Dench is so good. Oh, yeah. She's just so good. Like, she's just so, like, like, it's the economy. Like, as you said, like, there's this thing in her eye where you're just, like, she can, if she holds her, like, staring at something for a second longer, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is a whole different story than I thought it was. You know what I mean? Like, yes. she can do that. It's Yeah, captivating. Ooh. She... Uh, that scene is great. She's like covered in dirt because she just buried her cats and the teacher comes in basically to ask like, does Sheba ever like think he's interested in Sheba? And, yeah. um, and then she like, she has this cigarette and she's like, Hmm, let me think. Uh, no. Right. It's right. <laughs> it's so great. It's the way that she's acting with the cigarette and just kind of like, Oh, I know. Yeah. And like the whole time she she's just so like well. the cat with the canary, you know, like she just, she knows, like, she knows so much more than this guy in that moment. Yeah. Uh, um, it's wonderful. So I'm, I'm going to take us back, of course, to one of my favorite things, which, of course, is Academy Award nominations. Yes. Just to give the, the scope, because you're right. This was, this was a very hard year. Uh, it was. To, I, and Stiff. I think in, a, in another year, it would have stood out more. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, Judy Dench, this was, of course, the year she's up against, of course, Helen Mirren, who was just, like, sweeping all the awards. Yeah. As well as Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, it's tough. I mean... It's tough. Which is another performance that if you watch it a few more times, you're like, oh, this performance is so much better than the rest of this movie deserves. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Like, I was just going to say, it's a great way of putting that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it just, like, is... To discount it because it's in a movie called The Devil Wears Prada is to cut it so short. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, there was Kate Winslet in Little Children and uh, Penelope Cruz in Volver, who I think were like, okay, it's Helen Mirren, Judy Dench, and Meryl Streep. I'm not even sure I'm going to go to the Academy Awards. Yes, you know what I mean? exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, like, why show up? I'll just watch and see which one of them wins. <laughs> and then um, in the Best Supporting Actress category, that one, you know, I think – it's only because I think Jennifer Hudson was like the performance. Having a moment. Yep. Yeah. She was having a moment because otherwise I think Kate Blanchett. Oh yes. She had it in the bag. Abigail Breslin was nominated for little miss sunshine. Right. Yeah. 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 That's like a, I mean, it's like, it's all right, little girl. You did a great job for being nine. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You had some gravitas for being a little kid. Yeah. Um, exactly. And, and then two performances from Babble, uh, Babble, Babble, Babble. Babble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how ironic that I can't pronounce the word Babble, a word all about uh, languages. Um, who I'm not super familiar with, Adriana Barraza or Rinko Kikuchi, but yeah. uh, I kind of remember one of them is like the... I remember one of them. Yeah, but um, yeah in any event. Adriana or Adriana, would, uh, I remember she was great in that movie. She, um, her plot line, so was the other one, but um, I just remember the other... The other uh, girl, uh, she like showed her vagina, <laughs> and it was like it was mm. really disturbing. Um, I but, guess uh, that'll uh, get you a nomination. Yeah, that movie also had a moment. Also, a movie with Kate Blanchett in it as well, too. Oh, that's right. She was. Yeah, she like rides this bus with. Is it Brad Pitt? Yes. God, who is? And, and she gets shot like yes. uh, randomly on that bus. Yeah. Oh wow, that interesting. Was, uh, that was a big year for. That was like Kate Blanchett. That was the era of Kate Blanchett of like, oh, you're like unstoppable you're you can do everything yeah i mean i think just in general too judy and kate are just like in my top 10 favorite actresses Mm. anyway so the fact that i saw them together in this in this caliber of movie like and that they it was just all about the women yeah it was yeah um the men i mean we'll talk about the men in the movie too especially like bill nye and even 
the young the youngster who played Stephen. I I don't have his name. It was something very Irish. I remember. I think um, it's, I have IMDb open. Why do I have two pages okay. of quotes? Where did I put it? I think it's like Andrew Simpson or something like that. Really? Was it that simple? My goodness. I know, right? I know. It was, oh, it is Andrew Simpson. Oh, you know who I was? It was another person. Um, oh, it was the 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 woman who played um, Stephen's mom. I was going to oh. give her a shout out, and she had a very um mrs Connolly is it's d-e-r-b-h-l-e is her first name derbly i'm sure it's something yeah but anyway yeah uh, moving on moving on yeah well i'm so glad you've at least mentioned her because i also was like oh we need to talk about his mother oh yeah yeah what a scene yeah is that oh, yeah um so <sighs> let's i want to you know you had kind of mentioned this a bit before but i wanted to if, as we're talking about barbara because like let's start with let's start with her yes um please. yeah because and and then i i think in other scenes i want to queen out on the fact that we're watching kate blanchett and judy dench acting together <sighs> you know what i mean like yes. when you get meta mm-hmm. about it and you're like these are two like brilliant actors just in a yeah. room together working like this is pretty awesome um yeah it's but i really enjoy i want to zoom in on barbara um as yes. the character of barbara uh mm-hmm. she is there was a part of me watching this that was like because she is kind of like the lonely old lesbian you know and mm-hmm. i was really starting to think about like how did barbara's life get this way you know like yeah there's so much about like her you know, contending with loneliness, and there's that that the bathtub the bathtub monologue is is what my notes uh, say. The bath. I want that like as a poster, like <laughs> like just like someone paint me that. Yeah. Oh, Judy Dench in the bathtub smoking a cigarette. It's so it's a great shot. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to have like yeah that shot with the text of the monologue over it hanging over my bathtub. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's great. That's that's happening this weekend. Yeah. Oh, perfect, um, perfect. But I really I started thinking about her and like you know, the I think as a, you know, as a gay person who is not in, you know, and I don't equate myself as like that, that I think I'm turning into Barbara or anything, but sure. as someone who like I'm not in a relationship, like I'm not kind of like the comparison of Sheba and Barbara, like I don't have, yeah, the the husband and the kids and the, the sort of established yep. life, you know, mine is still an open path you know yeah and there's that sense that i think when regardless of whether you're gay or not if you have not gotten married by a certain point or you have not settled down in some way at a certain point it's like oh god what if i just end up like people always make this joke like i'm just gonna be this lonely old cat lady like what if i end up that way and i started to think like because i don't really know where my life is going and i and i've and i'm happy about that um it's like Oh wow! I guess that could happen, couldn't it? Like, yeah. And then I yeah. thought, well, what if that happened to Barbara? Like, what if she was just this like normal, you know, friendly, uh, you know, outgoing, sociable little lesbian who just couldn't ever find a connection? Yeah. And you know, and lesbian is not really the qualifying factor, but just a person who never really found those connections or lost connections, and then got a little desperate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like. What do you think, why is Barbara like this? Is it that? Is she just fucking nuts? Why is she so obsessive? Yeah, uh, I mean, that is a layered question. I think there's also two different lenses that we can look at Barbara through. There's there's like the queer lens as her as like basically living her entire life as a closeted, uh, I would just, I would say lesbian. That's uh, the, the best way to categorize that too. But also 
as just an elderly woman because it, because she you know I think now my my grandma my grandfather passed away about a month ago ish I would say and um and that loneliness you know like and and in the behind the scenes stuff too that I was watching when Judy was talking about Barbara she was saying like you know when if you are you know a woman especially if that you're not married you don't have anyone to to talk to in the day to day. And, um, and like you were talking about the bathtub monologue too, as like, um, was it in the, I think I'm getting all the behind the scenes stuff where like even someone brushing up against you is like, you just want to be touched by someone too. Yeah. Um, it just adds up. Like, so if you're looking at it through the, the lens of just being an elderly, lonely woman, because I think this is like, this is the story of two, extraordinarily lonely women yes. like in both like um but the, the irony of Kate Blanchett's um is that she seemingly has it all she has a family she is surrounded by people but it feels extremely isolated within that and Judy Dench is the complete opposite I mean she's a teacher so she's around people but um uh also is is lonely but I I think that she just wants she doesn't know how I don't know if she knows how Yeah. to, um, I don't want to say how to love, but like even through all of this, the madness of what we see just with Kate Blanchett, she always calls Sheba a friend. And there's always this, uh, she always uh, classifies it as friendship. Mm -hmm. It's never more than that. There are some hints, like she kind of goes, she pushes those boundaries a little bit because she doesn't want to call it that too. And even when her sister, that's a great scene with Judy Dench's oh, yeah. sister. Mm -hmm. Um, is kind of supportive and she's and she's like oh do you, how is your friend or do you have a friend and and but judy or you know uh, barbara she shuts it down she doesn't want to talk about it yeah um but it's yeah she's whole so thing. yeah go for I was, it. oh it's that whole thing yeah of like of of using i think closeted speak speech and closeted terms to talk about a relationship and to say friend yeah. and companion i think it's kind of like you you kind of like speak that into reality, like that that's all mm -hmm. it can be. And that like anything that's beyond what we think of as friend or companion has to happen like as deep into the closet as possible, you know? Yeah. And, or it has to happen, you know, or, or it happens in ways that I think um, become unhealthy. Like I think then she, I think her desperation for that stuff that she doesn't let herself have comes out in like weirdly predatory moments, like the stroking scene, you know, where it's oh, just yeah. like, where she's like, it's like, oh God, you've just like, now you're just preying on Sheba in this moment because you're, it's not happening organically, you know, because yeah. maybe she doesn't know how to let it happen organically or she's afraid of that or doesn't know how to identify it or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think she also has like a type and a specific age bracket too. Cause if you look at, we never really meet Jennifer Dodd. We see like a picture of her. Right. Um, but also, and then there's uh, Sheba. And then at the very end of the movie, we meet, uh, oh, what's her name? Annabelle. I can't remember. Annabelle, yes. Yeah. But also, like, seemingly the same almost age bracket, very young women, middle aged women. Um, you know, she doesn't seem to. It's interesting to me that she never really went to. It's always the unattainable, like yeah. seemingly unattainable um, that she uh, goes after. And the the straight women, I would say, uh, because we know Jennifer Dodd had a fiance that was mentioned briefly. Right. Um, I mean, this is also like a whole other can of worms, but like gay people, gay men, gay women, you know, sort of falling for straight people and knowing that they can never have them. And I did it a lot when I was younger and like sure. when it first came out. And it was like this, like such... 
tortured, like unrequited love, like just, you know, it was, I, I would be so emo about it on my like <laughs> aim instant messenger profile, you know, you know like right. back when I was in high school and, uh, no one understands, but it is, it is something that people do. Um, and some, and, and vice versa too. Like, uh, you know, w- girls fall in love with gay guys in high school and college too. It's, it's not one-sided, Yeah, but yeah. it's so tumultuous and complicated. Um, right. But well, she I, likes it. Yeah. Yeah. What I was saying, and I think that there's something about falling for someone who's unattainable that is, and I don't know, this is just maybe a devil's advocate thought that is at least subconsciously you're almost protecting yourself because subconsciously you kind of know it can't happen. And so you never really navigate into the vulnerable territory. Yeah. And I think that like in a way to go for what's unattainable is to ensure that you never have to navigate into like real intimacy because it like probably won't happen. And I think you subconsciously know that. Yeah. But like consciously it's like, oh, this is everything I want. But it's like then you always get to live in the fantasy of that and stay safe in the fantasy because the reality of it's too scary. Yeah, you know? that's a that's an excellent uh, point and a way to kind of sum that up too. And do you think this is a question? I guess for like me and you both. Do you think that Barbara is? I'm going to say no. Is as interested in physical connection as she is uh, with like emotional connection? Do you know? Like I don't think she wants to mm-hmm. fuck Kate. You know, like, yeah, I, I yeah. think she's attracted to her. There is an attraction. But at the end of the day, she just wants companionship and friendship. And um, mm-hmm. and that is something that humans need, too. But the, but the lengths that she goes to uh, to get that and to kind of secure that is um, she go, she goes past this point where it's like she forgets about like that. Sheba has a family, too. And and the. Um, the behind the scenes stuff, uh, Judy Dench, I'm reading my notes here. Barbara said she's, you know, desperate and she's also needy, but she also says she's a survivor. She will do anything to survive and attach herself to another person's life. Because if you're attaching yourself to someone else's life, you don't have to remember how lonely you are too as well. It's, it's, yeah. let me try to fix you or help you. So I don't, uh, have to look at my own self in the mirror yeah it's it's complicated yeah like staying externally focused yeah yeah yeah. um yeah i agree with you that i don't think that she necessarily is like man i just want to like get into them panties i think she like i think that like to me the one of the most like quote unquote i think like orgasmic moments for barbara is when she notices that sheba has the milk mustache and then sheba like clears it away and barbara has this pleased smile like i was needed yeah, in this moment i was of helpful course. i gave her what she wanted i was i was exactly what she needed in that moment and i think that is what gets barbara off oh yeah way more than a, you know a couple of fingers or a reliable rabbit yep. you know what i'm saying exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's it's great though and and what i like what a great character to kind of like sink your teeth into as far as like that's i think that's the the greatest joy to watch these actors or actresses um there's so much to work with the both of them are so flawed and th- those are the fun roles to play you don't want to play like a happy-go-lucky yeah person that nothing happens to like these are it's like an actor's dream like i would immediately say yes to this uh if it was offered to me Yo, yeah uh, it's great i mean i i love that i think that whole like sequence when barbara comes to chiba's house for lunch the first time yes. i think is like it's obviously one of the less tense moments in the movie but i think um 
it kind of lets you see all of these different nuances about like you you see all the nuances of Sheba's life and that yeah. she has the older husband and then you know as as Barbara describes the pocket princess of her of the daughter oh yes um, and then uh, and the, the rather the, exhausting court jester oh rather exhausting court jester and I got to tell you as she was like setting her steely eyes on him I was like oh god what awful thing is she gonna say about the kid with Down syndrome yeah but yeah the exhausting court jester I was like oh that is that's some that's some shade uh yeah but i think what i love even more about all of that is like barbara is being confronted by sheba's like fully like like vibrant life you know they're they're having this loud lunch and and everybody's kind of uh it just there's there's this noisy kind of like uh quality because i think because of the sun because of the court jester um but then there's the dancing afterwards. Oh, the says, dancing. What is, it's what, so did, great. After lunch, a rather mortifying tradition. <laughs> and and just like watching her sitting there watching them, I was like, this so perfect. Like to get to play that tension is just oh, like yeah. to, for Judy to like all of she's Judy is creating the moment there with the way that she's very subtly responding to what she's watching, you know? Yes. Otherwise, it's just them dancing, you know? Yeah. And like, the, uh, sorry, yeah, the to, quote is, uh, they do things differently in bourgeois bohemia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So great. <laughs> and yeah, it's just the judgment. And also, like, then when he, like, pulls her up to dance, and it's oh. it's like a Valerie Cherish moment. It is. Know? And she, like, kind of claps a little. Yeah. Oh, it is just so cringy. Oh, but my so God. perfect for the circumstances. Like, just show... Because she... She almost like in in it's interesting to see she kind of like shows too much of her cards because um she's like when one receives an invitation one must make an effort she goes to get her hair done she oh, buys yeah. the outfit she brings the flowers it's almost a little too much and her daughter catches it she's like you're all you're all poshed up like why are you and then she's like oh well I have an appointment later and she kind right. of you know she knows that she kind of maybe did a little bit too much too soon the- embarrassment i felt for her in that yeah. moment you know oh yeah it is something yeah uh man it, it barbara is and i think too just seeing her interact in her career as well too she's such a battle axe she says that you know like at the very beginning of the movie when they have to turn in these reports for like mm-hmm. um uh what the recommendation is and like the entire curriculum or whatever it happens to be she just writes like one sentence it's like below the national average but above the level of catastrophe right yeah this yeah. is so great <laughs> like oh. this'll do yeah yeah um, she's like it took well, me know, all most of the summer to write that yeah. <laughs> well she, it's so that typical like you know she has nothing to lose it's like what are you gonna do fire me like i've been here forever like she, oh yeah she doesn't have to care anymore yep and i i think there's there is that kind of sense about barbara in a lot of different ways that i'm i'm so curious about understanding like the ways that life has worn her down, like yeah. the ways that like needing that connection and never having it or not having enough of it, you know, wore her down and working at the school and just, it's like, what does she say? We, it's cattle prod and pray, you know, yeah. it's like, just get them in, get them out. And like, don't waste your time trying to make this meaningful. Yep. Um, I, I was surprised at how much, especially the second time I watched it, how much I kind of, sympathize with barbara yeah Mm -hmm. and if you're gonna kind of do the math like if we're just gonna like boil it down to facts she's in a way like between her and sheba she's a little bit less of a monster yeah like sheba like 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 
Barbara preyed on an adult and Sheba preyed on a child. That's so true. You know what I mean? We're going to boil it down. Yeah. Like, and, and Barbara's came from, I think, we really understand it comes from this, this, this deep loneliness and this deep need that I think she's somewhat aware of, especially from like the bathtub monologue. Yep. Whereas Sheba, when her when her husband confronts her of like, why did you do this? She's like, I don't know. I just wanted it. Mm-hmm. And it's like she doesn't have a grasp on why she's doing it. She's just allowing it to happen. Yeah. And I think that self-awareness in Barbara, I guess I almost like I side with her a little bit more because at least she's on to herself. Yeah, the motives are a little bit more, a um, uh, little bit, and I say a little bit, but more moral, I guess. And whereas Sheba is immoral in her actions and her motives for, I mean, we get a little bit of it, like a little bit when she, when Barbara first discovers, we're kind of getting a little bit ahead, but they meet at the pub and Kate Blanchett, like once everything's out in the open between the two of them, and she's like, uh, she's like, this is going to sound sick, but part of me felt entitled. Yeah, you know, and I feel mm-hmm. that's that's so that's such an important word to the entitlement. And um, you know, she's been a loyal mother. She's raised the family. She's been a good wife, quote unquote, good wife. Um, that uh, that so many, especially women, you know, like in in that role of being a mother and raising kids and uh, putting everything you have into that that you think you you feel that you deserve it yeah Um, whether it's that or something else you know it 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 takes form in different ways too but um, I would say that would be an answer to why when uh, when Bill his name is Richard in the movie asks her but she can't say that to him in the moment you know right right it's an interesting idea that she felt like that she felt entitled and as you were saying that I was thinking about like I was putting together the pieces of like why would Shiva do this? Like, what is the real reason? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's the benefit of age that, that you know, and, and that the fact that Barbara's our narrator, that we get more insight. Yep. But I think with Shiva, it's like you put together the pieces of the fact that, like, she was, you know, almost besides the fact that she was, you know, uh, what's his name? Robert's uh, student, and he left yep. his wife and kids to be with her. Oh, yeah. Um, like, besides that, because that's certainly his choice as well, I think there's also that moment during Christmas when she overhears, I think, her mother talking about her. Yes. Either that's her mother or his first wife. Someone, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. saying that, like, you know, she's beautiful, but, like, uh, that's certainly not uh, the same as having substance, yeah. you know? And it made me think, like, oh, maybe this is something that Sheba has dealt with is like that she's just beautiful. She doesn't really have much else to offer. You know, maybe she questions herself how well she can even be a mother. And then here is this kid who's like seeing her just as something beautiful. Yeah. It's just as something desirable. Yep. And maybe that's like what she knows, what, where she draws value from. Of course, yeah, to be desired. And I think it's just like the perfect timing. It is just like if, if Stephen might not have showed interest in that, uh, who knows how else it would have manifested or if it would have just festered a little bit more and then eventually something else would have happened. But yeah, that's that's yeah. really it. It's, it's, it's the loneliness and the isolation of being a mother. And also there's just so many great factors to... Sheba's story too like she married a guy who was significantly older Richard is like I I mean I would say like because the moment uh, when at Christmas when Stephen says is that your dad 
when he comes out and yeah. like, talks to her and like what a dig not a dig but like because he doesn't even know that he's doing it and then she lies and she's like no it's it's an uncle so i want to talk about i'm kind of like i'm taking the reins here just a moment um, i want to talk about uh philip glass and this soundtrack oh. because <laughs> i am uh, you, you, is, yes please uh, <laughs> My God. Okay, so those of you who don't know Philip Glass, uh, he also did, I mean, one of my other favorite movies, The Hours. Yes. Um, he also, I mean, that score. There's something that, like, I don't know. I, I have a couple, I went to school for music, so there are a couple of my friends that don't like him. They feel that he does a lot of, like, it's a lot of repetitive sort of uh, patterns in a row, like when he does score a movie. But I am so into Philip Glass. He also did The Truman Show as well. Um and it's, I think the hours and notes on a scandal are two of my, uh, and he was nominated for best original uh, like score, and I can't remember what he lost to, uh, at the moment too. But th- it is just as big of a component as the performances in this movie. Like it, it, it really cares because there's so much tension and suspense and give and take. And um, I remember, what is it when she gets invited to lunch? Possibly mm-hmm. there is like this huge like this major chord like switch and it's a uh, it's like gold star day um and she's like what bliss and like it's just like that's exactly what the music is it's bliss And he captures that so effortlessly. And, um, oh, God, I just love this score. It's it's one of my favorites. I'm yeah. so glad you brought it up because I love Philip yeah. Glass. I, I love the oh, Hour yeah. soundtrack. I love a lot of, like, the mm-hmm. other stuff that he's done. Like, the there's, like, the Kawanaskatsi or how it is or Pawan. All, yeah. all those, like, conceptual albums. And um, yes. there's uh, – it's, it's sort of him. But, like, I think my favorite piece of music – in the world, this piece, not to be pretentious, but um, there's a, do you know the, the string quartet, the Kronos quartet? Have you heard no, of them? No, I probably should. Yeah. But, uh... They've, and so they have an album, uh, Kronos quartet plays Philip glass. And so mm-hmm. there's some symphony, symphony number five that he did. Um, sure. And there's five parts to it. And I think the fifth part is like, it's. I think it is. It is my favorite thing I've ever heard. It Ooh, is. The, I can't wait to listen. It is. It is yeah. the best thing I've ever heard Philip Glass compose. Like it is uh-huh. unbelievable. And so I'll send you a link. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll send you like a YouTube link or a, a Spotify link. But it's yes. incredible. I agree. I think the score. You know, it's interesting. In, in I didn't even like, and I I had kind of gone into seeing this like already being a big fan of his, but I didn't really notice the score. In the scene, in that like being another character because it is. I didn't notice that happening. I think until it was like I'm remembering. I think it was. Oh, I think it was after um, Barbara sees Sheba on the street after Sheba ends things with Stephen, and like she's on her bike, and yes. then, and it's like at night. I feel like we see Barbara driving away, and I remember the music swelling, and I was like. Oh, this fucking Philip Glass, you know, like yeah, he just <laughs> gets it. Yeah, and the, I think uh, even with uh, when Barbara discovers Sheba and Stephen the first time, just peering through that window, and it's like this low—I don't know if it's a cello or just like an upright bass, but it's just like bah, bah. it's just like mm-hmm. these half steps down. It's it's great. Yeah, um, I and I just want to give him. Uh, 
a little moment there because it's it's really important and crucial to this film. Like I can't imagine anyone else scoring this fil- film because of how well he did. Same same with the hours. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, the hours. It, it, I can't think of the hours yeah. without hearing that score. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like I can almost see like colors when he does like uh, just like. Uh, tone he establishes tone so well with uh with music that is just like such a rarity and and film scoring and it's uh, he's amazing so Uh, yeah i love him (laughs) i'm so glad you brought him up i agree i i think he's amazing yeah he uh unfortunately the year uh at the uh, the oscars they of course lost out to Babel again um and i think i think the soundtrack to Babel was really good it was this guy um and i'm gonna mispronounce the the everything out of this uh gustavo santeolala santeolaya something like that there's two l's at the end okay. so god knows um yeah i've heard other stuff he's done it's he, he's very 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 good and i think the soundtrack is great but it's uh i think it's the same thing as like the best actress category or best supporting actress or it's like yeah oh god like so many good ones you know just gonna say should we talk about shiba should we yes. should we move over to shiba i would say because she does this uh kate blanchett has this quote too that's just so i mean just her approach to the character is just like i love watching the process of i'm not that we like see the whole process but uh just what they think of these characters and another thing about the the behind the scenes features is just that like kate and um Judy just have so many great things to say about each other that it just oh, like it gives me I love that such a warm feeling yeah they both respect each other and uh and like uh, Judy Dench calls Kate Blanchett she's like she's really an inspiration she inspired me so, like just to hear her say that about Kate it's just like I, I love it yeah uh, actresses loving actresses is just like right could be another podcast um <laughs> but Kate says um on her thoughts on uh on Sheba she's like I feel people who are that hidden from themselves, perhaps create circumstances to expose themselves to be caught, which is such a fascinating way to look at that too. Like, um, because they can't necessarily tell their husbands or their spouse or whatever that they are unhappy, that they do this instead. And that is exactly what this is. Yeah. Um, even though it is the worst way to go about it, they, they create those circumstances because they just don't know how to communicate it to, because that's another thing that Bill Nye says, Richard, um, he's like, you know, it's this great moment right after everything is discovered and Sheba's going to spend some time with Barbara and he like they, the way that he can't look at her when, when he, it's like right at the door, he's like, you know, I, um, what does he say? It's like, I know I wasn't always there for you, but like you, you could have came to me and I could have helped you through it. And he's like, I know I'm not so fucking fabulous, but I was there and uh right but you can tell it's a couple that hasn't had a conversation in a while about that you know and it's so important to touch upon that it's it's uh i do you think in some way he knew that she was unhappy i think he might even say that you know Uh, yeah i mean i think it's like without saying it yeah i i mean i think i think just to to agree with your point i think absolutely people create these situations with a slight caveat of i'm gonna get caught like I need to get yeah. like all of this is for nothing if I don't get caught at some point. And it's like this really yeah, subconscious yeah. idea. Um, do I think that, I, you know, that's a good question. Do I think that he knew um, that she was unhappy? I, you know, it makes me, what I immediately think of is like the, I think of their son. Uh, what's his name? Um, 
I can't remember what his name was, but in the movie, yeah, in the movie, yeah, Uh, and I just think of like the exhaust, the exhaustiveness of you know the court jester and the way that that's just a constant distraction, you know. Of course, and I feel like I don't know. That's a really good question. Did did he know she was unhappy? Because then I'm thinking he's also the guy who like left his wife to go be with his student. It's sort of like a permission slip that he's done it before, so why can't I? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. But also, like, when they are fighting, there is a little bit of humor to what he said. Like, why couldn't you just do it with an adult like uh, like everyone else does? You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to cheat on me, don't do it with a fucking 15-year-old. That fight is so good. Oh, Oh, it's so good. It's a classic spurn spouse scene, and it's so often the wife confronting the husband in so many movies, and to see it where it's the husband confronting the wife yeah um and and to have a lot of the same you know the same sentiments the same feelings of betrayal or the same sentiments of like you know i wish you could have talked to me or whatever we we see that so often in movies and tv shows of you know the wife having those feelings of like why couldn't you just open up to me yeah and so when you see a man performing those emotions and performing that kind of um struggle it's just it's just it's, it's like hearing a uh, a cover of a song that you know really well done differently Ooh, but like telling it. but using the same lyrics yeah you know oh, that's perfect yeah, yeah i love that analogy yeah. uh, also too like i i didn't i'd be interested to see his reaction if it was an adult as opposed to a 15 year old kid would he be so fired up i'm sure he would be but i don't think it would be as explosive who knows right um and mm-hmm. i do love whenever um mentioning that pub scene when they're sitting out. I love that they're sitting outside too in the cold. There's something about them. I don't know. It's great. Uh, I noticed that too. Yeah. yeah, They could have easily been sitting inside, but um, I mean, I guess it's more private out there as well. But she says, Judy's like, why did you do it? She's like, I don't know. It was easy. Like having another drink when you know you shouldn't, which I love yeah. that line. Yeah. Because we all know what that's like. Uh, that I mean, the writing, I, I hope that's in the book. I need to read the book like as soon as we're done here. For anyone who's ever been in a situation like that, whether you are in a relationship and having in a, like a sort of a cheating, we'll just say cheating because that's what it is. An affair, you can, affair sounds like, almost like elegant compared to cheating. You know what yeah. I mean? What is it about like right. an affair? Yep. Um, not that it like an affair. Yeah. It's still the same thing and the same action, but cheating sounds so like rough and uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Affair sounds kind of romantic and jet. Yeah. There's happening in like restaurants and hotels yeah. and cheating. is just like, you know, screwing while your husband's at work. Yeah. 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 And she's not careful. Like, I don't know, like even like making out with him like in the streets and like they go to the train tracks a bit. Um, at least I, I mean, I'm, that's like the majority of where that happens. But um, and it just you know that it's it's like a ticking time bomb. You know that eventually it is going to happen. But um, and then it, and I still get nervous every time, like every time that mom knocks on the door, like you see the um, let's just like let's go there. Let's let's go to that. Too, scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's celebrate like taking a small role and knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Oh man. Mm -hmm. You believed every single second of that performance. What is it like two minutes, two and a half minutes of Steven's mom coming in after she, you know, realizes, uh, and, and the thing that like, I think is so Judy Dench. So she, excuse me, Barbara 
tells Brian, the other teacher, and she's just like, I wonder how long our messenger will take until it starts to explode. But she continues to hang out with Shiba until then. Yeah. Like, she's going to she's gonna ride it out because her plan is to think that, like, that hopefully Shiba will think that the kid said something or something like that. But um, so they're all at the house when it happens. Yeah. So the, even when the car pulls up, my heart starts, like, beating. Like, I, I get really nervous. Mm-hmm. And I, I know what happens, but it's, right. Cause, it's intense. Because Barbara sees it first. She's sitting there at the table by the window. And we yes. hear the car door close. And she looks out. And it's like she realizes. And it's funny. Then when she looks. I remember when she looks, like, at, like, uh, Richard and Sheba, it's almost like she has that look of like, uh oh, here, like she doesn't have, she's not pleased. You know what I mean? There's, there's no moment in in this scene where, um, in the, and you know, until she's listening to them fight, where she has that kind of like quiet satisfaction of like what she's created. There's never a moment of Barbara sitting there with her arms crossed with a like a sort of like pleased grin on her face. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Sheba does look at Barbara. And I wonder what she's thinking, like, because I think that obviously Barbara knows what's happening because mm-hmm. the door knock, like, I always, I don't know why I always get nervous when people knock on my door, like in real life. It, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's just like the world we live in today, but like when people knock on my front door, even as a kid, I always used to like, my first instinct was to hide or like shut the really? light off or something. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what it was. I don't know if something happened when I was younger, but, um, but this the the way that they knock on the door too, and I Sheba looks at Barbara, and I wonder what she's thinking. Like, did you tell? Because that's what we know. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know what she's thinking. And then of course, I mean, the scene that we're describing too is Stephen's mom coming to confront Sheba because you know word has spread um, that you know obviously uh, Sheba has had this affair with her son, yeah. and the way that she comes in and just plows oh, through bill yeah. Nye and goes right for her yeah well, i love that like when she shows up and, and she's like are you her husband and he says well who are you i love the like she already has so much pain in her voice she's like yeah. don't you dick with me don't you dick with me like she's already done like she's yeah. already been devastated before the door even opens and that yeah. little like that nuance really struck me that like here was this minor character we hadn't even met, and I already felt something for her just yeah. in her performance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, she comes storming and, in. And, yeah, <laughs> like it is like she just beats the like, and she she literally just socks her in the face. Is like you yeah. whore, how could you? Yes, uh, he's only a child. Ugh. Yeah, and it's you know what I love about this moment is that it's almost like because we're you know, we know that it's wrong. Like, we as a discerning audience are like, oh, yeah, this is really fucked up. But, mm-hmm. like, we've – at this point, we've spent so much time either with Barbara's fucked up point of view and, and being kind of groomed into seeing things Barbara's way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, like, following her perspective on um, what this all means. Or in some ways feeling this tension for Sheba, even though it's like, why are we concerned about this, like, predator? Exactly. You know, but, like, I've bought into, like, this reality, this skewed reality that's separate from, like, what I think is morally right and wrong. Uh And then when Stephen's mother shows up and is just, like, there's no no art to her dialogue in the way that, like, uh, Sheba or Barbara especially speaks. Mm -hmm. It's so raw and human and ugly and and profane that it's this, like, reality comes crashing in of, like— 
That's what this is. You were fucking this woman's kid. Yeah. That's what this is. It is is a reminder. Newsflash, this is all really fucked up, but you've been... But we, like you said, like the viewer... We sympathize for Sheba in some way, and it, it, it's a testament to Kate Blanchett and the way that she can get that from her actions too. But like, uh, and it's also the dialogue that she was given as well. But the way that she approaches it, you you almost sympathize for her. you want her to kind of get that break too. But at the end of the day, it is illegal. It's illegal. Yeah, yeah. It's a fifteen yeah. year old. And- yeah, like it, it's, and like, I think she even says to to Richard at some point that like you know, well, he's almost sixteen; he's not yeah. some innocent. Yes, and like what she's justifying, and then he's just like, I think Richard's like, I don't, I don't think it's over the top at all, but I think the the heights that he goes are also a reality check. Of yes, like, no, he is innocent. He's a yeah. kid, and he didn't, he didn't. And I think Barbara even points this out. It's like, oh, do you really think that he like you know has these like. The, these developed, you know, mutual feelings for you. Do uh-huh. you really think he's he's you know uh, what is it attracted to the the neuroses of a of a mundane housewife with marital yeah. problems? Oh, you yeah. know, like and really just like pointing out like I don't know what you think you're doing, but like he's not falling for you, and it doesn't yeah. matter if he's attracted to you because he's a kid. Like it's you know what I mean. It's yep. like all of that reality check, mm-hmm. um, and I think that like. The other way that this kind of is driven home is that, like, Stephen's mother isn't escorted out of the movie as just, like, this violent, crazy woman. She then has that moment of, like, putting her head against the door and, like, giving in. Yeah. And, like, like, stopping her fighting. And it's, like, you really – you then I'm, like, oh, now I'm on Stephen's mother's side. Like, that's that's who is our, like – Of course. Our compass here, you know? Yeah. We're kind of jumping around, too, but even when what leads up to Barbara – telling everyone is her cat dying oh so when when she needs sheba the most that whole car scene like on the streets mm-hmm. it's so stressful even like with her son kind of banging on the window and the music uh, of course and like they're late already and it's terrible timing i've got to go back to the vets after it's done will you come with me i just can't on my own of course i would it's just the Ben's doing his play at his school. Play? We're all going. We're a bit late, actually. Someone has died! I... I know. It's, it's terribly sad. You owe me this. Ben, can't you make a vanish? Use your wand or something. He's doing a show for the first time in his life. That's your choice, is it? Why don't you come? You, you'd be very welcome. I thought you understood what friendship means. <laughs> it's my child. It's my son. It's just a little boy. Don't play the good mother with me. Excuse me, ladies. Could one of you tell me what's going on? Is this some kind of coven? I can explain perfectly. Would you like me to? No, no, it's just a bar had some very bad news about her cat. My condolences. Poor, poor pussy. Now, can I have my wife back, please? I don't like your tone. Why is she always here? What kind of fucking spell has she cast on you? Ben is getting really stressed. I think he's going to blow. Oh, for God's sake. Get in the bloody car. Give me a minute. Will you? I can handle this. Oh, I'm to be handled, am I? Like toxic waste. You see me on sufferance. I'm an imposition to be tolerated. No, of course not. I love our time together. I'm your good, good friend. Then stay with me. I would if I could. I'm desperately sorry about Porsche, but you can see I have to go. Think very carefully, madam. Be aware of the consequences. Barbara, please don't make this mean any more than it is. Stay with me. I don't know what I'll do. Look, I'll call you, I promise. 
somebody has died. That's oh, my favorite. Me too. I wrote that down. Somebody she grabs has her. died. <laughs> She's like, I I know. Like, she, I don't think that Sheba quite knows. Like, that is the biggest, like, outburst of, you know, just, like, almost rage and anger. And, like, you're not understanding that we've seen from Barbara thus far. But, uh, yeah. And then, like, Richard is like, come on, we got to go. And she's like, and Sheba is just stuck because yeah. it's, like, the, obviously the worst position to be in. Yeah, I love that scene. She's like, I can handle this. And she's like, oh, am I to be handled? Like, toxic waste. Right. <laughs> so good. That's so good. Well, and, I, and in that moment where when she says, um, oh, I, I wrote down the exact thing. I think she says, uh, give me a minute, will you? I can handle this. We see. Yes. That's, you know, it's funny you mentioned this is the first time we really see Barbara have an outburst when she says somebody has died. Yeah. And this is really the first time we see a side of Sheba that comes out in full in of course the scene we're going to clean out on yeah. of like the full rage oh. of Sheba mm-hmm. you know like Sheba's rage when she when she says give me a minute will you it's that Kate Blanchett roar that she does oh yes I love the roar yeah give it to me right have you seen um I think it's the the um the sequel to Elizabeth the second no Elizabeth movie. I haven't seen it oh I can only imagine I can send you I think the clip is on YouTube but it's when she's like confronting like the king of Spain, uh, and he's like threatening her, uh, and and she has this great line where she's like, um, uh, something, something, something. Uh, oh, I, I can't even. I, it's sure. so good, but it's all of that. Aurora. Uh, it's just so good, and it's just like I always go back to that. But it's some line that ends with um, something that will strip Spain bare. Like she says something like that. And oh, I love it. It's just like her just doing just digging it. in. Yeah, yeah, digging yeah. in, and just like reminding us, like how angry she can play oh yes oh yes but yes that scene that that going to the play putting down portia you know uh conflict i think is where we really then we know and i think sheba knows like oh you're you're in a really messy situation this is so much worse than you may have thought it before oh yeah you know yeah like Barbara's nuts. Yeah, and of course it had to happen that day. Like if it was any other day, it would probably she eventually something would happen. Of course that Barbara would have spilled the beans, but um, then it sends Barbara over the edge. <laughs> yeah. Now I feel like I have met people like Barbara in that like, like I mean the the term is so appropriately used later and so perfectly in describing her as a vampire. Yes. But I feel like I. I also knew exactly who Barbara was and I knew the tactics and, and little tricks that she was using. Yep. And I feel like, did, did that resonate for you as like, Oh God, these vampires, I know these people. Oh, you know of course. I mean? Yeah. There, there are people that I've met like a handful of people that I don't, I, I'm not even in touch with anymore. Like just like in my travels around the country doing theater and other stuff too, that are exactly this type and, and maybe not to the extreme, but like you said, you see those little, things start to shine through like you know a little bit more about me than I thought you knew or um uh gestures you know what I mean of of, of how how what she would give to I, I can't think of anything that Barbara gave to Kate or Sheba rather but like it's it's just being there all the time and um you know stepping past that boundary right and there's this great um face journey moment and i i hope you remember this too it's when they're sitting on the bench on the hill and um barbara's talking about she's like i i'm beginning to think that um she's like i feel feared for most of my life that i would end my days alone but 
recently I'm starting to think that that may not be the case. And there's this panic on Kate uh, Sheba's face that she is realizing it was, it's such a turning point for that really. And this it's before everything, you know, blows up too, but yeah, Sheba also knows that she can't disagree you know, like she has to say, like, of course, yes, uh, I'm here for you. Yeah, I know exactly um, what you're talking about because yeah. Barbara says, am I wrong? Yes. And there is this, like, everything is hinging on that. And then we, we cut to Sheba, and it's like she's – it's that look of realizing, oh, I just want to be friends. Like, you see her yeah. starting to have that, like, oh, I think you might think this is more. Yeah. But, oh, I can't shut you – I can't, like – hurt you like that oh i i know exactly that moment and then she's like no 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 you're fine and it's like i can't tell you how many times i've done that Uh where i've been like okay just say it's fine just say it's fine just yeah and then tiptoe away you know like yeah i totally understood it and it's like when that happens i think that someone in sheba's position thinks okay i've smoothed the situation over but it's like you've only made it worse yeah because like now you got to maintain this illusion even more. Yeah. Now Barbara believes that, and now of she's course. gonna she's gonna dig even even deeper into this. Yeah. You know, because she can bring it up. But on the bench, you said that you'd be here for me. You know, all this stuff, and it's it's part of her type too. She doesn't go after like strong headed or strong willed women that speak their mind, and like she goes after people who are a little bit damaged and will not speak up for themselves. And but she drives them to the point where they can eventually yeah it's almost like she puts them through this like boot camp yeah that's i i hadn't thought of that but like in some ways maybe she did sheba a favor to like break her out of like you know falling into these like destructive patterns yes i don't know yeah no that in prison (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) well should we talk about the scene oh yes it's so good this so and and it's i think this is a good jump to that because as you say like pushing someone to be assertive yeah this is exactly what this moment is and i what i love about it the most is of course kate's makeup oh of course the lipstick and the the uh is it eyeliner that she puts on oh yeah and it's like she's i took the note on this because it's like her her makeup transformation is like we're seeing an awakened sheba yep you know like this is her it looks a little bit like the picture that we saw of her that Barbara sees Uh in her workroom. And it's like she has, I don't know. There's just like, it's like she's reclaimed a part of herself in this moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Harkening back to that time where she was, or she felt strong. And who is she now? Because she, everyone knows who she is. So she has this, like, like you said, she can start fresh, so to speak. But so she kind of goes back to what she already knew or when she felt that, she was the strongest when she was younger and unabashed and uh, free. and Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep going, yeah. keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. And, and so what happens, of course, is that, and it's, it, the whole scene is so expertly set up in uh. that she, she finds clues. And the first one, of course, being she's in the bathroom and she's, you know, she's, uh, she steps on a gold star. Yeah. And then she peels it off of her foot in the next little moment. And then she finds and – and it's very innocuous. She puts it on the mirror, yeah. and then she sees another one. And the gold stars are, of course, the gold st- – so to me, the gold stars and the name Jennifer Dodd are these, like, ephemeral hints of everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they re- – to me, the gold stars and Jennifer Dodd represent so much. Yeah. And, like, when we see a gold star or when we hear the name Jennifer Dodd mentioned, there's, like – 
there's just this gravity to that. You yeah. know, like there's an iceberg of information underneath those two little details. And so she follows this trail of gold stars to, you know, this note in the garbage can that's like a discarded, uh, you know, page from Barbara's journal, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she real, and then it like sets her off on like, uh, and there's a music oh. cue. Like it is, she reads it for like ten seconds, and then it just cuts to like a drawer being opened. Yes, and just like, uh huh, the music starts and it's swelling, and the strings are going ninety miles per hour. Ah, it's so yeah. good. It's like it's like the it, the perfect like this whole scene because it's it's this at the beginning and then at the end. It's like the most perfect use of Philip Glass, like mm-hmm. where he where his music works the best. I think yeah is in moments like this where it's yeah. like just the repetition and the, the sort of driving sense of some of the stuff he writes is like it fits like a glove. Oh in yeah, these moments you know absolutely, and she doesn't just like look through stuff. She like throws shit around like that apartment is destroyed trying to find this journal yeah yeah and i think that's great because it's like that's the desperation of oh yeah oh we're not going to just like try to peer through the drawers i'm going to like dump the drawer and throw it across the room and find something Yeah. yeah i think if you see this scene out of context it might seem like oh this scene is like Again, like maybe this is a little over the top, but if you've watched the first hour and 15 minutes or so of the movie that have led to this point, it's like, oh yeah, this is exactly how I would feel. This is exactly the place I would go. Um, And I love when Barbara comes back and it's that, that shot of her. Of, of Sheba sitting there in the, in the oh, in she, you know, so I think of like Sheba's destruction, Sheba's destruction yeah. of her apartment holding the journal. What you say about me, about Richard, you're not fit to shine his shoes. And Ben and Polly, that I'd be happier without them. Why did you do it? Because I didn't help you collect your cat. You've cost me my family. Take some responsibility. I gave you exactly what you wanted. You'd still be stuck in that marriage without me. What? You can't accept it yet. You think I wanted to be here with you? You need me. I'm your friend. You put me in prison. I could get two years. They'll fly by. I'll visit you every week. We've so much life to live together. You think this is a love affair? A relationship? What? Sticky gold stars and, 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 and a strand of my hair and a receipt from Pizza Express? It's a flat in the Archway Road and you think you're Virginia frigging wolf? Where did you get my hair? Did you pluck it from the bath with some special fucking tweezers? Don't you know it's rude to read a person's diary? It's private. Companions, we're not friends. You don't even like me. That's not true. I only have tender feelings for you. Only love. No! no. Fucking, fucking mad. You don't know how to love. You've never your whole life. Me, Jennifer Dodd. You're nothing but waste and disappointment. You bitter old virgin. You're only for a reason. They loathed you at school. All of them. I was the idiot who bothered. But only because no one told me you're a fucking vampire. So what is it, Pa? You want to roll around the floor like lovers? You want to fuck me, Marlborough? Please don't diminish our... Our what? What? No, give it back. I, I know you. Selfish and vain, you think you have a divine right. You don't belong in the world, you belong here. You big baby. Here 
what resonates for you in the scene? What, I mean, besides everything. I like, know, yeah. I mean, the dialogue, yeah, the dialogue really kind of like a monologue for, for Shiba um, that turns into a dialogue. But um, I think one of the things that I love about this is is that the, the big thing, the big thing that the whole movie has been leading up to is the discovery of Shiba and Steven, which has already happened. And it's almost like you sort of forget also that there's this other layer too that like will Kate ever or Shiba ever find out about it? And you, you know that it probably is coming, but it comes shortly after that. So it's, it's stacking all of these, like what she's already feeling about um, you know, the discovery and like, uh, the, the affair and everything else, but that she trusted Barbara, she's in her apartment and that this shit, it's like now this, so it elevates it and takes it to another level. And as a viewer too, it's so fun to watch because it's just like, yes, like give it to her because we know the entire time what Barbara's up to, yeah. but, um, and which is also fun to watch. And what is she going to say? What is she going to do? And, and and I think it's like the perfect proportion of bo- both like verbal and physical. Uh, I don't know if you want to say abuse, but just retaliation. Mm-hmm. So she obviously lets Barbara have it. And like what you say, she's like, what you say about Richard um, and my family, like you're not, you're not fit to shine his shoes. There There is definitely like a crescendo to all this. She tries to keep her cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and then she pushes her against this like China cover too and it's just like it's perfectly choreographed it is like choreography to an extent too because it has to be because judy dench is quite old right uh right. seemingly um and in the behind the scenes they were uh they talked both of them talked about this scene and like they were kind of like dreading it because it was so draining and emotional and like as soon as they uh filmed that uh they had like a bottle of champagne and they like celebrated it was really cute afterwards oh i love that yeah it's it's a lot to deal with but within this scene too uh barbara makes a lot of fair points she's like i gave you exactly what you wanted like going back to that whole like you know barbara's yeah she's a little overbearing but she didn't do anything wrong Besides, like, tell, you know, everyone what's going on, which she should have possibly at the beginning, but... I, I agree with you. I think that, like, that's a good point, is, like, Barbara didn't really do anything... She didn't do anything wrong that you could, like... Like, I guess in the in the comparative sense, yeah, like, she, she did some things that are frustrating and, and, you know, maybe not necessarily healthy, but, like, you know... And, and sure, I guess you could say that she knew about this affair and she didn't report it, and so she's kind of an accessory, yeah. but... um. I think that that is, like, that didn't even occur to me until the headmaster had said it to her. It was like, oh, yeah, then there's that, which I guess only mm-hmm. speaks to, like, how we get removed from, like, objective reality and we go into the world of Barbara and Sheba is, like, I forgot that, like, all, yeah, Barbara is in some ways just as guilty because she knew about this the whole time and let it keep happening in a way. Yeah. Um, but, yes, this scene is... I mean, I I love I love the way that Sheba says you're not fit to shine yeah. his shoes. Like it's just, and you know from that that like, oh, there's a fire underneath that. It's just a matter of time. Yes, and it's simmering. And like when she says, "Cause I, I didn't help you collect your cat," you know, and and then starts hitting her. Yeah. And I also love the it, it's there's there's like a slight. It's such like a, it's like a almost like a campy joke of like. Sheba saying, like, you put me in prison. I could get two years. And Barbara saying, they'll fly by. Like, 
it's so like I'll come visit you every week. Yeah, like to have that in there, it was like such a a, a slight release. And then yeah, but these these Sheba monologues. I mean, <sighs> like it's just like you think this is a love affair, a relationship. Yes, it, it, it's oh my god, a sticker from or a receipt from Pizza Express. Like it just yeah, oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. And I strand of my hair. And then I, did you pluck it with some special fucking tweezers? Yeah, with some special fucking tweezers. It's a flat on the archway road, and you think you're Virginia friggin' Wolf? I, I know. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I wish he would have said Virginia fucking Wolf, but yeah. friggin' is fine. I don't know why they chose that. I've always thought of that because it's such a release to hear like an F word every once in a while. Yeah. This movie doesn't have many. Mm-hmm. Um, it's besides not until... the daughter saying she's fat as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, and then maybe it's because they wanted to save it for then this next part where then Sheba says, "You're barking, fucking man. Yeah, maybe. You don't know how to love. Like, oh, this. Oh my god. Oh, this, it's cruel almost. Yeah. Like, pins yeah. me to the wall because she's just staring her dead in the eye and saying with zero hesitation, "You don't know how to love. You never. You you, ne- you have never. Your whole life. Me. Oh, Jennifer Dodd. Yes. The way she says Jennifer Dodd with like such disgust. Uh, <laughs> like you did it to her. Yeah. <laughs> You're nothing but waste and oh, disappointment. That is... Like, what an awful thing to say. <laughs> it's just so good, you bitter old virgin. Oh, it's terrible, <laughs> terrible things. And you feel bad for Judy, but also, like, she's not... Judy doesn't... Uh, I keep calling her Judy, but Barbara, um, she doesn't, like, react the way that you... Like, she's not, like, apologetic or shameful... She stills like she's like, listen, we can she's like, we have so much life to live together. That's what she says, like before all this. And then Kate, uh, Sheba just lets, and that's when she pushes like her into like the thing. And she's like, no, you don't get it. And I'm going to tell you you're done. And I'm going to tell yeah. you why you're done. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what this was. Oh. And I just I. I just love, you know, when she's talking about at school, like, you know, they all loathe you, you know, nobody likes you. And she says, you know, I was the idiot who bothered, but only because no one told me you're a fucking vampire. Yes. The way she says you're a fucking vampire, it, it, uh, it's like, in a way, I'm like, that's gay culture. Like, it appeals to (laughs) I know it's like a, a jolt of electricity as you're watching this. Yes. You're like, yes. Yeah. Like that appeals. Like to me, gay culture is a, an amazing actress saying because you're a fucking vampire. Like yes. that to me sums up like queer aesthetic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of things I'll hold tens across the board for. Absolutely. You know? And then oh. the run up the stairs into the crowd. <gasps> It's oh, so oh. good. Here I am. <laughs> and and and, the, and Philip Glass is just another character in the scene. Oh, uh, yeah. The scene doesn't happen without Philip Glass. It's like primal when she screams. It's just like. Yeah. When she's just, she just gives in completely. Ugh. But then she has that moment where she comes back to reality and she suddenly realizes. And she like looks around and like, oh, shit. Oh, that I think is a good face journey. That's where I'm like, okay, I don't know how she didn't get the Oscar. Like that is, that is incredible. That like switch from like, you know, totally losing it to just like completely flipping to like, oh my God, what did I just do? You know? Yeah. Cause, and you know, and maybe a less experienced actor would have just kept being at a 10 until until Barbara comes and gets her. But there is that realization and whether it was direction or just like her intuition as an actress too, it's, it's, it's 
so great and fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And then Barbara comes up and snatches her away and brings her back. Yeah, which is like, it's so, it so speaks to, I guess, like, the trap of their relationship and the trap of Sheba's life is like, well, Sheba, the sad thing is she is kind of all you have. Yeah. And you can't really reject her because you don't really have anybody else. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, and then of course, yeah, I mean, there's also that great little moment when she comes back to the house at the end and there's that silent conversation with Richard and he, they're just kind of like staring at each other and he kind of does this like tiny little gesture that, that says, all right, come in, you know, like it's, yeah. and it's that to me felt like, okay, now we're back in reality. Like this, yeah, this is like what's true. And then of course we find yep. out she, uh, Heads off to prison for 10 months. So I know I wanted to mention real quick. It's like the perfect punctuation mark for the end of like the, the fight and her running on the street. And then they come back in the apartment and, Oh, I forgot. Yes. Barbara's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Just cleaning up, just like putting some glass in a garbage can. And then, and as you would do, it's such a great moment. Um, you know, uh, she was just staring off. She's like, we never even invited you to our house in France. I can't remember where it was specifically. Yeah. She's like, I specific. And then Barbara's like, well, <laughs> I specifically remember you mentioning that if I happen to be in Paris that I should stop by. Yeah. And she's like, we didn't mean it. And then she's like, well, fine. I won't come then. <laughs> I'm glad it's you mentioned so that. Good. I wrote that down is the way that she says. Oh, it's such a great little moments and that's all it really was yeah well uh, that whole scene the fact that we had that kind of like debriefing scene i love that when she was like we never even invited you and then yeah judy being like well then i won't come like she doesn't she doesn't let the devastation in yeah still doesn't quite get it i think and I'm, i'm glad you brought us back to this moment because then there's also this great moment where um uh, Barbara says, she says, I need more than a friend. Oh, and devastating. the way the shot is, it's like right before she believes and, and the way the shot is set up, it's like, it's just framing uh, Judy Dench against like a bare wall. And it kind of holds for a second when she looks up and we kind of, we're just seeing like Barbara's raw loneliness there. And it's like, oh, there it is. There's the thing you're running away from. Yeah. Is like this raw loneliness. Yeah. And I kind of, I couldn't believe I was sympathizing with her in that moment. Of yeah, like, I did too. I wanted, to, I wanted to hug her a little bit. Yeah, and I, I, I wonder if she's said ever said that out loud to another person. You know. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and even if she was still kind of saying it in a coded way, like, was it still the most honest admission that yeah. Barbara had made of like what she needs? Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. Like, what she's craving. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I think when we see her meeting Annabelle at the end, I mean, at this point, it's like we know before they even start talking that this is not going to go well. Yeah. You know? Like, at some point, like, Annabelle's going to be like, you're intense, or you're a fucking vampire, or whatever else Barbara's heard from other women, you know? Yeah. They always disappoint you in the end. Oh, that's right. (laughs) That's what she said. Oh, and when she's burying the, the, the... picture frame from Sheba there's the the narration of her saying Jennifer said I was too intense and like in that moment having no self-awareness like yeah she might be on to like that she's definitely manipulating people to get what she wants but like she doesn't see that she's too intense she doesn't see that she's coming on too strong yeah but I think as you said earlier I don't think she knows how to do anything else yeah it's all she knows yeah that's the most tragic part 
I think, yeah, then the last line is, of course, then Annabelle not having someone else to go to Albert Hall with to see this yes. concert. And Barbara saying, well, then there we are. And then, the, the you know, fading out onto the credits of like, oh, God. I know. She's found her way into the next one. It's the perfect way to end it. It really is. Notes on a Scandal Part 2. <laughs> I would love it. Gosh, is there anything we we have not covered that we need to queen out on? No, I mean I feel I feel like we really got. I'm I'm scrolling through my notes here, but I I, I think that like even the subsidiary sort of characters here that we've we've talked about, you know, I mean I think the biggest one is Richard, um, you know, and St- Stephen. We didn't really talk a lot about, but mm-hmm. I I think that like he's sort of just like the vessel, like yes. a, a great little actor. Um, I think perfectly cast because he reads almost a little bit older. Mm-hmm. He is an attractive young man and, um, you know, very fit. Yes. I would say. Um, and he, but he's great. He serves his purpose well and he does it like, uh, with this sense of like, you know, like a 15 year old boy would, there's like this cockiness and, um, you know, uh, this confidence that I think, maybe Richard doesn't have that maybe, you know, you, we think about why Sheba went to another man, let alone like a younger man, because I think she does want someone her age. And she went to the, really the extreme of that too. Yeah. Like if I, I have this old man, I'm going to go for the youngest man I could possibly get, That's uh, which is twisted. Yeah, yeah, that is when you think about like, when you think of like yeah. Barbara's perspective of this, like, you know, withered patriarch that she's married, that like now she's like, mm-hmm. she's craving virility. And so she's gone to yeah. like this, this symbol of virility, this like young male who yeah. totally is like, he looks young, but he acts mature. Like there's, he's, mm-hmm. he is kind of like you not that you get why she falls for him, but like you understand what parts of her are responding to elements of him, you know? Yeah. And that he's also like an artist and like, uh, has talents. Right. And the other thing that really is like such a little bit of a nuance there, like after they first, like basically have sex by this like railroad car, um, by the tracks, he asks to do it again almost immediately. Right. And Sheba looks at him like, are you serious? Because like, when was the last time that like one, her and Richard had sex or two, like they started five minutes after they just did it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, look what I can have now with him. Right. Right. I, it's such a shift of like, you know, sexual practice and like what she's been used to and breaking that uh, sort of monotony of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. She's gone to such an extreme that to the point that he could just like go again and like, as soon as they were done. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this was, I, like, I had not seen this movie in a while, and I, like, the, that confrontation scene is, like, one I will go back to again and again, but, like, oh yeah, this is the kind of movie I could watch again every once in a while, because it's, like, I feel like each time I'm going to see Judy Dench do something else that I didn't notice before, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, like, I think what I took away from this was, like, Sometimes I forget to appreciate how good Judy Dench is because she's good in everything. That like yeah. you have to kind of look in the details on Judy Dench to realize like yeah. no, she's really that fucking good. <laughs> yeah, cuz she makes it look easy and there's so much uh, I mean whether it's internal or through the dialogue too that uh, how she navigates through this and and Kate too. I mean it's it's just a gold standard of like if if someone asks me like what is, you know, what are movies that like 
and it's, it's not even just one performance it's both of them too like how many times can you really say like mm-hmm. that two women are just killing it you know I, I wish I could say it more and I'm sure there are movies don't come for me <laughs> that, <laughs> right, uh, that right. are like that yeah um, you know like but it's 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 giving me everything I want to see mm-hmm. in a movie the drama the performance the cigarettes right know, right it's just it's everything yeah so many uh, movies I have to settle for like one great woman in the movie because like the script yeah. only has one great female role in it and sure. this it's like yeah. yeah we got two amazing roles and like yeah. two amazing actresses in them yeah yeah and it's just like a master class in acting too and it's it's a great film if you haven't seen it like Please yeah. go find it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it gets enough enough press because it just got outshined by so many other things that year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I always yeah. recommend it. Um, I actually we were talking about it last night. Uh, we had some people over the house, and I gave my copy to our friend, uh, my friend Kate's, and she watched it this morning, and she was like, "What?" And I was like, "I know, right? Yeah, uh, it's so good. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, thank you, and thank you because I don't think I would have seen this again for a while if we didn't do this. So, uh, oh yeah, you're, you're you're spreading the love. Um, yeah. Oh, I hope so. So so this has been such a hoot, and I would imagine yeah. people listening might want to find out where they get more of you uh, in the world yeah. of podcasting and beyond. Yes, absolutely. You can find me every week at the Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour with Miss Amanda Kaczynski, where we talk about drag race and a little bit of uh, sprinkling of pop culture and what's going on in our lives as well. Uh, and also the No Good, Very Bad Gay podcast, which is on hiatus, but will soon be back. Um, you could follow that on uh, at, at Bad Gay Pod on social media and at SFCH Podcast for this girlfriend's cocktail hour. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. Well, even though you're on hiatus right now, I think we did yeah. mention our Poseidon Adventure episode. So if people yes, were please. digging this conversation, go back and listen to that and then all the other ones you already have posted so that like people will be warmed up. Yeah, yeah there are about 14 other episodes to listen to. Please go have a listen. And uh, I will be back soon with that podcast. And I'm excited for the new chapter of that podcast. I think it's, there's a lot of cool things in store. Uh, and it should be great. And thank you for having me, Colin. My gosh, this is, I mean, I, I'm glad to be here on the podcast. And of course, glad to talk about this movie with you. And uh, someone who, especially with someone who appreciates it as much as I do. Oh, Absolutely. totally. Consider it an open invitation. Yay. Uh, yes, I think that like... The fact that, like, you were like, I just want to talk about Philip Glass for a second. I was like, Nick, you can talk about anything you want. That is, <laughs> yeah, like, you that is, the floor. no pun intended, yeah. that is music to my ears. So, <laughs> like, that's great. Um, so, it's consider great. an open invitation to come on back Yay. and be on again. Uh, this yes. is so fun. Um, and, of course, uh, for folks listening, uh, if you have thoughts to share and recommendations or just want to queen out on what we queened out about, you can drop me an email at inthedetailspod at gmail.com. And you can also reach out to me on Twitter at Colin Drucker. And, of course, you know how to find more of me on All Right Mary every week and on Twitter at All Right Mary. Uh, and otherwise, if you have not gotten a chance yet to head over to iTunes and leave a hopefully five-star rating and really – a positive review would be great. Um, this would be a great opportunity to go do that. And if you don't have a positive review, uh, I don't know. I don't think my ego can handle that right now. So keep it to yourself. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's all for now. I will be back next week to celebrate a little bit more of the acting choices, the micro moments, and the nuances in the details. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.